Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, and I'm so excited because this is episode 50 of the show. I can't even believe it. Thank you so much to everyone who tunes in every week, who leaves me such kick-ass reviews, sends me feedback on Instagram, posts in your stories that you're listening to it. I so, so appreciate you. Now, if you're able to grab a notebook, please pause this and go do that. You're going to want to take notes for today's episode. And if you can't, make a note to come back when you are able to take notes, because what I'm going to share with you today can be an absolute game changer for your business. All right. So one of the biggest struggles e-commerce entrepreneurs have, even the ones who are generating multi-six and seven figures in their business, is understanding which marketing activities are having the biggest impact in their business. And even when you do start getting comfortable with analytics and you're regularly tracking your numbers, you have all these different platforms that show you different numbers, attribute sales differently, have different attribution windows, and it can be really hard to nail down the biggest needle movers or how a certain campaign actually contributed to your business overall. And while there certainly isn't a magic bullet, there are some tools that you can use to help you do this more efficiently. And that's what we're going to talk about today, a tool to help you better understand how your marketing campaigns are performing. Before I get into the nitty gritty, I first want to say that you may want to use this strategy sparingly. And the reason I say that is because there's a bit of manual work that goes into it. And if you start off doing it all the time and then fall off or miss it a few times here and there, it can actually have a negative effect on your data and cause more confusion. So when you're listening to me walk you through this, Think of it in terms of big initiatives that you have in your business, like big influencer campaigns or a really important holiday in your business, like Valentine's Day or even Mother's Day. Whatever marketing campaigns that you are investing a lot of time, energy, effort, and even money into. So what am I talking about? UTMs. And you might be thinking, what the fuck are UTMs? It stands for Urchin Tracking Module. This was created by this old analytics software that Google acquired in 2005. What it stands for doesn't matter though. What you need to know is that UTM codes are essentially just text tags that get added to the end of a URL to better understand where your traffic came from. And even if you're not actively adding these on your own, Many platforms are doing this automatically, and that is how tools like Google Analytics are able to show you whether your traffic came from Facebook, Google Search, or email marketing, for example. I know it sounds super techy, but it's not. 
And this is definitely something you can take advantage of without a developer's help. So don't tune out, keep listening. First, let's review some of the most common UTM parameters you come across when you're looking in GA. First is the source. This is generally the actual platform that someone came from. For instance, Facebook, Instagram, Klaviyo, or Google. Next is the medium. This is the type of traffic, such as referral, organic, email, or paid. And let's clarify this a little bit more. We're going to use Google as an example. While Google is one source, one place that a user came from, there are multiple mediums that may appear in your Google Analytics. One of those mediums will be organic. This is when someone searches for your brand name or a keyword that your website ranks for and clicks through to your website from an organic listing on the Google search results page. That's Google organic. On the other hand, if you are running paid Google ads, if they perform a search and click one of your ads, that's considered Google CPC. And the same would hold true for any search engine. You'll have organic and paid results. So the source would be the search engine, Google or Bing, and then the medium would be organic or CPC. You still with me? Another common parameter you'll see is campaign. For this case, let's use email as an example. When you create a new email in your email service provider, you give it a name that's only visible to you. And this is different than the subject line. So you might create an email and call it Black Friday launch. And then maybe you create another email and call it Black Friday last chance. Now, as long as you're automatically adding UTMs to your links, the names of your emails are going to be recorded as campaigns inside of Google Analytics. If you're not sure if this is turned on in your email service provider, do a quick search through their documentation on how to turn this on. Another way campaigns might be recorded in Google Analytics is based on your actual ad campaigns. So if you're doing Facebook ads or Google ads, for instance, the name of your campaign could also show up in Google Analytics. So the three basic parameters are source, medium, and campaign. And like I mentioned, most platforms are automatically including at least the source and medium, and then some will include the campaign. Organic social media, for instance, will only report on source and medium. You won't have a campaign attached to these based on your individual posts, for instance. But if someone clicks a link from a post on Facebook, it will show up in Google Analytics with Facebook as the source and referral as the medium. And referral just means that the traffic came from another website. In this case, that website was Facebook. Now, all of this is already awesome, right? It helps you understand where your traffic is coming from, which traffic is converting best, and how much revenue they're driving. But it can still be a little limiting because you're reliant on those defaults. And with Facebook ads, for instance, the campaign name that shows in Google Analytics is a randomly generated set of numbers. That doesn't mean much unless you go and track down that information in Facebook. And you may be asking yourself, but I always look at the metrics inside of the Facebook ads dashboard. Do I even need to see it in Google Analytics? And well, that depends on how granular you want to get. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, every platform has a different way of attributing sales. Let's break that down a bit more in case you're unaware. We're going to get a little off track of today's topic, but I want to make sure you have the foundational information so you can better take advantage of the strategy I want to share with you. Google works on last click attribution. 
which means they'll give credit to the last action the customer took before making a purchase. So what does that mean? If a customer first discovers you on social media, whether paid or organic, and clicks through to your website and then signs up for your email list, gets a welcome discount, and then completes their purchase after clicking the email, Google Analytics is going to attribute that conversion to the email that they clicked. If that click initially came from an ad, Facebook ads reporting is going to attribute the sale to the ad, assuming the conversion took place within seven days of the click. Another example of this would be your emails. If you use Klaviyo, for instance, they report based on first click attribution, and by default, they use a five-day attribution window. So let's say you send an email out and a customer clicks through to your website and shops around but doesn't buy anything. Once they leave your website, you hit them with a retargeting ad to send them back to your site and complete their purchase. If the conversion took place within five days of when they clicked your email, Klaviyo will attribute that sale to your email, but Facebook ads and Google Analytics will attribute the sale to the Facebook ad. It can get really confusing, right? And that's why your assisted conversion report inside of Google Analytics is such an important tool because it can help you see how all of your marketing activities are contributing to your business and how all the things you do in your business work together. But you're still limited to the default information. And that's where the UTM parameters come in. So let's talk more about that and how to actually use them in your business. Just to remind you, I want you to use this strategy sparingly and save it for big, important campaigns. As you get more comfortable with it and have the bandwidth to manage this regularly, then you can start using it more. But if you can't keep up with it, you're going to mess up your data and make it harder to read and understand. Also, most, if not all, platforms are going to have their default UTM parameters, but you can overwrite them. I do suggest when you're getting started that you only update defaults for Facebook ads. And I say that because the way the data comes over by default from most platforms is fine, but the Facebook ads default is kind of the least helpful of all of them. The other way to use these links is when you're working with influencers and on your organic social posts. This way, instead of just seeing Instagram slash referral, you'll actually be able to assign a campaign to it or even an influencer's name. This is much more accurate than just relying on influencer discount codes because not every customer is going to use those. And like I mentioned earlier, while your sale may not come directly from an influencer's post, it would be nice to see that it was a touch point along the customer's journey. So how do you create these? Let's walk through it. Go to your web browser and search for Google URL Builder. I'll put the direct link in the show notes, but when you're trying to find it on the fly, that's the easiest way. Once you get to the page, you'll see a form with a few different fields to fill out. Each of the fields will have some helper text to tell you what information should be used in which field, but let's walk through them. First will be the URL. This is the destination you want to send them to, whether it's your homepage, a particular product, or even a blog post. The second one is the campaign source or the referrer. If we think back to the examples I gave earlier, that's going to be something like Facebook or Google. The third field is the campaign medium, which is the marketing medium. Again, going back to the examples I gave earlier, that could be things like CPC or email. And the last required field is campaign name. 
This is the field you're going to use to group together the campaign you're promoting and be able to group all your data together. And they'll give you the example of spring sale on the URL builder page. Now, before we get into what content you're going to put in there, there are a few things I want you to keep in mind. You can technically write whatever you want in these fields, but how you write it is exactly how it's going to show up in Google and it's case sensitive. So you're going to want to come up with an internal system of how you create these. Let's say you've got a big Valentine's Day campaign going on and you're creating multiple links. If some say V-Day and another one says Valentine's or one is capitalized and the other is lowercase, the data is going to get separated in Google Analytics. So I would decide ahead of time how it's going to be written and then keep a spreadsheet so you can always refer back to what you set up. Additionally, if you want these links to group data with the Google Analytics default, so for instance, Facebook and Instagram, then you have to type it out exactly as it appears in Google already, which is lowercase. Now, when it comes to influencer marketing in particular, you have to decide how you want to see the data in GA and create your links with that in mind. The two fields you really have to consider are the source and the medium. The campaign is easy. You want everything to get grouped under one campaign. For instance, Mother's Day hyphen 2021. That would be for your influencer posts, your own organic posts, any paid media you're doing. But when it comes to the source and medium, you really have to decide how you want it to show up. If we think about the standard way it shows up, the source is the refer of the link, while the medium is how you are marketing. Remember, sources can have multiple mediums, so Google CPC and Google Organic. So the easiest way to do this would be for the source to be the influencer name and each of their links to be denoted in the medium field, like IG bio, IG story, or YouTube. But it makes sense in the reverse as well, right? Keeping the source as the platform they're promoting on, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and then have the medium be the influencer's name because the influencer is how you're marketing it. When you do it this way, you'll have less random line items in Google Analytics because it's grouping everything under the sources that are already showing up there. So if your source is Facebook and then your medium is the influencer's name, it's going to get grouped under Facebook. And look, I hate not giving you solid answers, but this is truly one of those things that you just need to do what's best for you and how you better understand the data. And that's why I always aim to teach you the why and the how behind all the things so that you can truly understand the concepts and make an educated decision on how to best implement things versus just blindly following some random step-by-step. -step. Okay, let's talk about parameters for Facebook ads. The good news is this is a bit more straightforward. Now, as you know, I'm not a Facebook ads expert and I don't spend much, if any, time in the back end of Facebook ads, so please read through their documentation as well. I will link it in the show notes for you. But I do want to talk about it so you know you have options available and you can use UTM parameters to get easier to understand data in Google Analytics. And how I would approach this is the same way I approach looking at email reporting. 
If you remember, I mentioned earlier the difference between first click and last click attribution and how that changes who gets credit for a sale. So when I'm looking at data in say Klaviyo versus Google Analytics for email marketing, I use Google Analytics to understand how is email contributing to my overall business. And I use Klaviyo data to tell me how am I doing at email marketing? I would recommend you do the same thing with your Facebook ads because Facebook is likely to attribute a lot more revenue to your ads than Google Analytics will. And when it comes to the UTM parameters piece, the first thing I would pay closest attention to is the campaign itself. Now, I don't know how you set up your ads, but let's say you've got two campaigns inside of Facebook focused on this Mother's Day push you're doing. I would update the campaign UTM to match the same one I used for my influencer links. Remember, it's all case sensitive and needs to be written out exactly the same way. But what this will allow you to do at the end of your campaign is easily group everything together in Google Analytics and say, okay, I had this Mother's Day campaign, I did ads, I did organic social and influencer marketing. Now you can see how the campaign performed as a whole and see which marketing efforts had the biggest impact on your final results. How this can also help you is that because Google Analytics attributes the sale to the last action the customer took before making a purchase, if you're using these UTM tags and everything is getting attached to the same campaign, the Mother's Day campaign will still get the credit for the sale. So for instance, if a customer first comes to your website from an organic post about your Mother's Day bundle, but leaves without making a purchase, when they come back to your site from an ad that you have tagged with the same campaign, you'll be able to see that the Mother's Day campaign was responsible for the sale. Is that all making sense? So look, I know I just threw a lot of information at you and you're probably going to have to listen to this one again, maybe even two more times to really grasp it all. And definitely go to ecommercebadassery.com forward slash 50. That will have this all written out for you in a blog post with all the show notes. So maybe reading it visually will help you kind of wrap your head around it as well. It's going to take you time to really work through this. And this strategy isn't going to be for everyone. If you're newer to business and this all feels a little over your head, don't bother. You got other things you can focus on. But if you have an established business and you're investing a lot of money into advertising and influencer marketing, trying to do big marketing campaigns and all the things, then it's definitely worth your time to start learning this because it will make it so much easier for you to figure out what is truly driving your business. Now, of course, it's not a perfect system. Nothing is. And one thing to just note is if people share your post from one platform to another with these UTMs, the traffic will get attributed to whatever the UTM says, not the new platform it was shared to. If you post it on Facebook and someone shares it on Twitter and someone clicks from Twitter to your website, that link has those UTMs that say Facebook. And so it's still going to get the credit inside of Google Analytics. So it's just something to be aware of. You know, is it going to like totally skew your numbers? Probably not enough to be too concerned with it. And ultimately using the UTMs is going to give you more positive benefit 
than these few little anomalies here. And like I said, I encourage you to do more research on your own before you start implementing this and take the time to really wrap your head around it before you willy-nilly start adding UTMs to every link. Because if not treated with care, you can make your data more disjointed and confusing than it was to start. This one's definitely going to require your CEO hat, so please don't rush it. And on that note, I'm out. Have a kick-ass rest of your day, and as you know, I'll see you on the flip side. so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.